And now, coming to you from the classiest radio station on the air. Talking about it once. All right, and welcome to episode three of In the Hole podcast. This is Nate, and I have a special guest today. Uh, we've got Evan, my old college roommate. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for having me, Nate. Not a problem. Um, yeah, Bake and Parm are a little busy. Tyler's down in North Carolina, I think it is. But yeah, did you... He's out of this weather. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sad it's over, though, because no more skiing, which is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you'll catch me inside during the winter, usually. Um... What do you think of the tournament so far? What do you What do you got going on? Brackets busted. Uh, brackets always busted. I feel like you know. <laughs> um, you never. I try not to hang my head too much on the brackets as long as you you know your your team that you're rooting for is going deep and goes deep in the tournament. Usually fine with it, but um, I think it's been a little stale to be honest. Uh, not as many upsets as you usually would like, but. A lot of, as the guys on ESPN talk about, you know, a lot of chalk, you know, the top seeds moving on and stuff like that. But how about yours? Um, I'm not doing terribly bad. I've got all my Elite Eight teams left, so that's kind of the big end. I mean, that's that's really all that matters when it comes time. Yeah, if you have your Final Four, you usually end up winning because those are the money, the money rounds right there, you know. I, I would agree, though. Most points. This has been a kind of pedestrian tournament so far like i mean yeah 12s have been a few fives but i mean that's like one of the most uh you know there was no two 15s taking the two down or a three and a, a 13 right yeah yeah like, so it's like you haven't you haven't really seen too many of those type of games like what was uc irvine what what um they were a 14 yeah they're a 14 i think team, yeah um I mean, I don't know. Like yeah, twelve excuse, beats five, yeah. thirteen beats four, nine beats eight, ten beats seven. Like you, you expect some of these to happen. That's not a shocker. Yeah, and then you got, you know, uh, five, five just barely beating a twelve in New Mexico State with that guy basically blew the game. But <laughs> oh yeah, that was um, I, I that's a game they should have won. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's that was a tough one for them, but continuing. Um, yeah, so first round, I mean, VCU started out as uh, the favorite as a one and a half point deficit, and it's actually switched to UCF minus one and a half, and they won by fifteen. Yeah, that's um, that was one of my basically I would call it a pick 'em game because yeah. You know, you might as well flip a coin. Same with, I think, all the 8-9 matchups because, you know, they're the most even matchup probably, you know, in the first round. Oh, for sure. You If those teams play 10 times, they probably win five times each. So Yeah. Um, I'm Mississippi State was uh, minus 7.5 versus 12 Liberty, and Liberty won by four. Um. They're talking about them being like this year's George Mason, this year's Cinderella team that could make, you know, the deep run and ruin everyone's brackets. Oh, yeah. 
you know, that is the the college Seth Curry first went to before he transferred to Duke. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, Liberty, way back in the day, down in Virginia. They, they play some good ball, though, you know. And uh, Mississippi, you know, I've always said SEC teams always sketch me out in basketball, even though they're better this year, but it's kind of hard to trust some of them. Yeah, Mississippi State plays um, – Kind of like their football team. Yeah. They play <laughs> – who the hell do they play next game? Um, Mississippi State. I can't find it right now. Oh, Nobin, because they lost. Duh. Yeah, Liberty <laughs> plays, buddy. What are you talking about, brother? <laughs> like, tag. I was like, what? <laughs> I threw myself off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. Liberty plays Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's and they, another one. They struggled their first game. Virginia Tech is, um, you know, they're, they're just getting Justin Robinson back. Um, you know, they're primetime team, you know, top five ACC team, even with, you know, with their best player out of the game, out of the, you know, not playing for past 10, 15 games. So I think a lot of it yesterday was trying to get him back in the flow, you know, trying to get his rust off because moving forward, they're definitely going to be leaning on him. Right. I mean, they did win by 14 <laughs> over St. Louis, which <clears throat> you win by 14 points. That, that's a pretty dominant win. But, uh, you know, there were a couple – what? A lot of people had St. Louis over Virginia Tech, though. Yeah, it it was definitely a game that was close pretty much throughout, and Virginia Tech pulled away at the end. But I mean, that's what good teams do in this time of the year. You, you gotta pull away late to to shut the door. Yeah, it's definitely more. You know, I've said it, the first two round. I feel like the first weekend's more of a grind. Once you get through that, you know, you're you're playing teams that are more up to your competition and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Minnesota beat Louisville by 10. That was kind of, I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. Louisville struggled all throughout the year. They blew a 22 point lead to Duke. They blew a huge lead to Syracuse. I mean, Louisville just, they're right where they belong now, sitting at home, uh, (laughs) not playing hoops. Yeah. Something to uh, play close eye to, Nate, is, you know, LSU. You know, with all their stuff that's going down at their school with their coach, and I'm curious to see. You know, they, you know, they be only ended up beating Yale by what five points? Yeah, they won by five, favored by and, eight. And uh, you know, Wade, that that's a big um, distraction. I want to see how that works once it starts getting into the nitty gritty teams. If you know, if they can get by their game this their next game that's coming up. But moving on, I just want to throw that little piece in there. Yeah, and. Speaking of uh, teams struggling, Michigan State versus Bradley. I mean, what was Michigan State down at the half by three? Which isn't huge, but Michigan State's coming off a big season. They beat Michigan three times. They won the Big Ten Ten Championship. Like, this is a team that a lot of people have in the Final Four, a lot of team in the championship game. Yeah, like, they are – they're a really solid friggin' team, and to only win by eleven to Bradley—that I, I I don't know. I just you know, like I spoke before, it's these two, one, three seeds. When they go down, like it's because you know someone gets hot from the other team, or you know 
you're playing down to your competition type stuff rather than seeing a three versus two you're you know <laughs> two versus 15 you got you know bradley that was their national championship to them yeah and but i mean I, the the whole thing with izzo screaming at that at his player too i i think that's completely blown out of proportion it's a coach doing hit what he what he's supposed to do coaches player to play to the level that he's supposed to at the division one level trying to win a championship he didn't hurt the guy he didn't touch him he didn't you know yeah like he he's coaching because that's his job Nate this is I have a, I have a major issue with people making this an issue because I don't know that's what you know those kids know what they're getting into when you play for Tom Izzo secondly that's sports man that's what happens I could you know I couldn't count on I know, you know, 10, 20, 30 times I've been yelled at by a coach, you know, like it only, you know, the coach is still there patting him on the back when he makes a good play. I think that's what people are kind of missing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what else? We got? It's interesting, though, to see people's opinion on it. I mean, I think everyone's just upset because Izzo is making a couple million a season to coach kids that yeah. don't get paid. Which is completely understandable, but that's that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, I don't think we got enough time for that one. Uh, Marquette losing to Murray State. I mean, I think about ninety nine percent of America predicted Murray State to win this game. I don't think. Oh by, yeah. By, I don't know if by nineteen, but uh, I think I, if I remember correctly, on SportsCenter said forty three percent of brackets predicted Murray State. So that's almost fifty percent of. What was it? Almost ten million brackets submitted. Yeah, like it, so. I mean, Marquette was coming in basically on one leg, struggling to close out the season. Uh, they were favored by four, which everyone kind of thought should have been Murray State minus four. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Murray State's the real deal. I think going forward, they're they're going to be a little dangerous in this tournament. The jaw, the jaw show. That's a, uh, you know, he could make one of those. I know for you the Kemba type runs, you I know, know. That, you know you just need a guard to get it done. You know, triple double and sixteen assists. You don't see that very often in college basketball. So what is it? The first triple double in like six years, and the third yeah. one since like eighty seven. Yeah, I'm just amazed by me being a, a you know a point guard. You know, sixteen assists in a, a basketball game, and you're scoring, and you're getting ten rebounds. Like you're you're putting in work. Yeah, and he had like what seven or eight turnovers too, but a lot of them were just him feeling it, like going behind the back passes, no look. He's just out here yeah. having a good time. Yeah, it got to the point where he could, you know, the lead was, you know, the game was in hand, and that's oh, yeah. where you started seeing him throw those three quarter bullet passes over his head, and yep. So he liked that little showtime for the fans. Um, and uh, our hometown heroes, well. Hometown conference, I guess. The American East with Vermont. Um, shout out Binghamton. Um, Vermont losing by seven to Florida State. I think this is this is a game that I kind of – and we – Parm, I know, huge Vermont guy. Um, we were all saying that Vermont was going to cover. We didn't think they would actually win, but we figured they'd cover that 11-point spread, and they lost by seven. Uh, you know, kudos to them. Good effort. I mean, what else? You have anything else to say about them? Uh, just um, 
you know, Vermont, you know me now, I kind of have to be a Vermont fan with my sister going there to play field hockey. So part of me was uh, trying to pull a little for them. Um, then another part of me, I know Florida State. I mean, Florida State's in a lot of people's Final Four. So I know some people were kind of getting worried at first. But, you know, I, th- I think with a lot of these top seeds, it kind of just took them a minute to get their legs going. And then once second half, they kind of cranked up the energy. But that's all I really got for that game. Yeah, um, I, I I agree exactly. Uh, obviously got a touch. Next you got your uh, your Michigan boys here. Oh yeah, Michigan. They, uh, they uh, minus sixteen, one by nineteen over once again Montana. I know you were nervous about seeing them again. I was. So let me let me hear how you felt about that game. I thought they looked good. Um, first five minutes was a little bit slow, but they, I mean. After that, it was honestly, it looked like a practice for him. Uh, Charles Matthews is back after missing the last several games, which is huge because last year in the tournament, he was averaging like 20 points for the first six games, first five games, but he did basically disappear in the title game, which uh, we all know how that went. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, man. But, it's cool. Um, <laughs> I, I think Michigan... This they do this each year. They get hot right towards the end of the season, uh, which is perfect timing to uh, to catch your stride. So, yeah, I just worried about them peaking early on in the season. So I hope they can, you know, find that level of play. You know, where they whooped up on Carolina. You know, so hopefully that they can kind of get that swag back. Yeah, and I and like I said, I think with Matthews coming back, I think that really helps them. Yeah. Uh. Virginia Gardner-Webb spread was 22 and a half and Gardner-Webb lost by 15 first half. It looked like Virginia was going to have the uh, same. Oh, the old. Uh, yeah, the old 16 over one. <laughs> yeah, deja vu was happening. Um, you know, I'm glad for Virginia's sake that they pulled it together because I don't know. You got to start looking elsewhere if you're losing 16 seed two years in a row. Even though how good Tony Bennett is at coaching, yeah, you know, like if you're that's you know eventually you can you know players might have froze up you know last year, but two years in a row something's got to be you know there's got to be some sort of change if that would have happened. But thank God that didn't. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Oklahoma, <laughs> Ole Miss. Uh, I was surprised by this. I mean, I think a lot of people were like the points wise. Yeah, Ole Miss was favored by one by Ole Miss is favored by two, and Oklahoma wins by twenty three. I mean, that is you, you don't know, see just that like often. That UCF game, same thing. You know, a pick'em game, eight nine. Yeah, and Oklahoma came out ready to ball, and I think going into the second game against Virginia, I mean, Virginia struggled in the first game. Oklahoma is. Basically hot going in. Uh, if I'm Virginia, I'm I'm a little nervous. And if I'm Oklahoma, what do you guys? You're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, I think uh, Oklahoma's definitely going to uh, probably lose pretty bad to Virginia, though. I think I think Virginia getting over that hump. I, that's what I feel like. I feel like they're they're past round one, and they'll get back to playing Virginia basketball. But I can, we can talk more about that when we get to. Get to the, this weekend's games. Yeah. Um, and the last game I want to touch on from uh, Thursday, Friday, is just Colgate basically giving everything they had to Tennessee, who 
was yeah. favored by 17 and a half, and they only win by seven. Um, I mean, talk about David versus Goliath. I mean, Colgate, what are they, like 13,000? Yeah. No, mean, it was less than that. It was like 4,000 or something like that, I feel like. Is that? When they put it on the screen. That's their enrollment? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Colgate. Shout out to Hamilton, New York, man. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, and, I mean, you want to touch on North Carolina at all? I know Baker would be uh, remiss if you did not at least talk about oh, UNC. Man. You know, watching that game and you're just, you know, being a North Carolina fan for, you know, probably 15 years now. You know, I've seen them lose and I know how they lose. It's when teams – start hitting that three-point shot, and every time it's going in, going in, going in, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And then I saw the stats at halftime. They made 10 threes. I'm like, all right, we're all right, you know. I'm like, there's no way they're going to make 10 threes next half. Like, yeah. they're going to start missing shots. And then, I mean, UNC came out and put it right on them, right from the jump on the second half, which, you know, once I saw Cam Johnson come out, who couldn't, you know, hit water falling out of a boat in the first half. And he came out and drilled a three for a shot out of the half. I think we went on like an 8-0 run to start the second half, and it was over from there. So I was all right with it. You know me, I'm just I'm a big proponent of getting through this first weekend. You know, last year they lost to A&M in the second round. So like I said, I think once they get through this first weekend, I think it'll be, you know, a good sign moving forward and hopefully get to the Final Four. Yeah, and I think uh, to touch on the spread too, North Carolina was favored by 24 and a half. Yeah. They only won by 15. You look at the other huge spreads that were like 20 plus. Uh, yeah. Virginia didn't cover. Um, Tennessee didn't cover. Duke didn't cover. Um, it was Gonzaga. And that was the last team you thought was going to cover. Yeah. And they, they didn't just cover. They basically double covered. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, and I almost thought North Carolina was, there was a point, they were up like 20 points last night, and I was like, man, are they still going to end up almost covering? Like, that would have been insane, you know, down six at halftime. Yeah, and the second half spread, I think, was 15 and a half for oh, UNC, so. too. So uh, They definitely <laughs> won that. No, they didn't. They only scored, they, they had 15 in the second half. <laughs> oh, man. Really? They only outscored him by 15? Yeah, because I was going to take the uh, 15 and a half spread. Wow. But uh, you mentioned three-point shooting with uh, Iona and UNC, which kind of leads me into Kentucky versus Wofford today. Um, Oh, yeah. Wofford, I mean, they shoot 48% from the field. They shoot 46% from three-point range, and they – Literally have the best three college three point shooter in history in Fletcher McGee, which might be the most basic name you could ever have for somebody. Yeah. So you got to, you know, McGee. I last year Wofford came into the Dean Center and you know they came and did work on UNC. So you know I've kept Wofford in the back of my head for a year, and this McGee kid, I think he lit up UNC for you know. Almost, I think it was a 40-burger on UNC. So, like you said, he's like one of the best three-point shooters of all time. <clears throat> and I'm curious to see, you know, if Wofford can keep up that pace of, you know, 83 points a game that I'm looking at right now. But Kentucky only gives up 44. So, where's 
where are we going to meet middle in the road or are we going to go for a shootout? Right. In Kentucky, they're a big team. Their game is inside the three-point line, banging bodies, getting boards, and getting those easy buckets. But, you know. And Andy must think about this. Will P.J. Washington play today? Right. He was in a hard cast on Thursday. Right. So if I'm someone looking to put money down on this game or something like that or bet, I would definitely look if he's in the lineup or not. Yeah. If he's not in the lineup, you got to hit Wofford, you know. The over, you got to just take that plus five. Over under 138.5, Kentucky minus five. I I think if you're going to bet this game without P.J. Washington, I think you go Wofford. Yeah, I mean, and even you look at the money lines plus 200, you know, that's still not bad. Right. For Wofford, so <clears throat> that's in it. That's one of my uh, more intriguing games, you know. Definitely one of the ones that you're more paying attention to. Um, LSU, Maryland. I mean, you mentioned earlier LSU with everything they have going on. Basically, coach, you know, what what's going on there. Maryland struggled in their first game. Um, LSU's favored by two and a half, over under 145.5. I think this is one that you honestly just look away from. Coin. Yeah. <laughs> And those are the ones you stay right away from. Maryland. You know, can we go talk real quick about Maryland's game and probably how many people had Belmont in the Sweet 16 yeah. in their brackets and Maryland just, <laughs> me being one of them, and Maryland just, you know, they gave them the, the Power 5 conference hit to the, you know, so good for Maryland, but not yeah. good for some other people's brackets. I, I was one that had Belmont winning. I didn't think Maryland uh... – they kind of – they're a decent team all year. I mean, they they have the pieces. I just think they were missing that one uh, – I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're a middle-of-the-way Big Ten team, you know. They they like to play down low. Um, I don't – I forget that guy's name down low, but he's, he's a big body. Um, they have a few guys oh, that are Fernando, huge. Fernando, the Fernando guy. Yes. He averages uh, 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. I mean, that's their game. They play inside just like Kentucky. Um, so, I don't know. Playing an LSU team that, what do they put up, like 83 points a game? I 81 and give up 74. Yeah. I don't know if this Maryland's going gonna... If you look at stats-wise, besides Maryland scoring about 10 points less, they shoot about the same from the field, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. I mean, my, my matchup I'm really looking forward to is that Fernando – a uh, guy from Maryland and Nas Reed down low. You know, Nas Reed's probably going to be a t- top 10 pick next year. Just shoot three and D. So I'm curious to see how that goes. If Reed dominates, LSU's winning by, you know, easily, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that this game, I, I just wouldn't even touch it. Yeah. Yep. If you're feeling, you know, you're feeling good about yourself. But I like you said, I would stay pretty far away from this game yeah um unless you're confident unless you know you're like lsu's coming off this you know they're playing for each other then hey take your two and a half and go you know go to the go to the bank with it you know yeah um fsu minus four and a half versus murray state what do you think this is you know you want to jump on that 
John Morant train, you know what I mean? But FSU, they have got some big boys inside that, you know, like you're not going to be able be able to like keep continuing to drive in and get over these seven footers. It's going to be hard on him. So like, I'm curious to see how his other teammates go off of him, but I'm, I'm going to stick to stick to what I thought when I picked my bracket and I'm going to take Florida state right here. I think, I think they got, they got at least four and a half on them. If Florida state comes out and does what they're supposed to do. But that's my opinion. I, I agree. I think the only way that Murray State gets by is if Morant has another triple-double, which, as we just said, there's been, what, three since 87? So, not likely. Um, I mean, Florida State, their last you look at their last five games, beat Wake Forest on the road, they beat Virginia Tech, they beat Virginia. Virginia. They did, yeah. they did lose to Duke in the ACC title game, but it's Duke. Duke is hot. Um, and they beat... Vermont. So I think their last two games against Duke and Vermont have given them enough to look at, know where they're missing their holes, so that way they're going to come out today and just uh, I think they're going to put it to Murray State. Yeah, and let's talk about Nate real quick for people who might not know much about Florida State. They were a top 12 team um, going in to play Duke in the early on in the ACC. Lost on a buzzer beater and then went on a rough stretch where they went one in four and they ended up being the number four team in the ACC at 13 and five. So these guys have been playing well for probably past two months. So that's something people should really think about. Like, yeah, the Vermont game might've been closer, but these guys know how to play basketball and know how to win games. Yeah. So that's something I would definitely think about like, <clears throat> That they've rallied off, you know, double-digit wins in the past few months. And, I mean, you look at, they grinded it out against Vermont. Again, Parm probably has some crusty socks in his bedroom. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I think Florida State, like I said, they looked at tape. They're going to come out today, and, and they're filling those holes that they uh, have left open. Yeah, and a lot of, it's... But the thing is, when, you know, looking at, you know, there's 66% of the bets are going to Murray State to cover. And that's where most of the big money is going, 71% to Murray State. So that, that kind of, you know, when you're looking to go, you know, if you're going to bet or something like that, like that's something, you know, to keep in mind that there's a lot of people who think Murray State can do this. So it's tricky. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard, too, because all the analysts just keep saying, like, Murray State, Murray State, John Morant, John Morant, which, you know, good for them. That's their job to talk about it, but it's also they, – they're not putting money on it. So I think um, – I think because the way it's it, – you know, it opened at minus five and a half and it dropped a full point. Yeah. You know, it's only been a day. If this drops below, if this hits, you know, gets to three and a half, you have to put that on FSU. Yep. Like that's, there's no, re, you know, that's just an easy right there, but. And you also got to think, me, who's the team that is like battle tested? Yeah. I mean, Florida we State. through the gauntlet of the ACC. Right. And not, I mean, not to say that Murray State hasn't had any yeah. tough games. I mean, they have but, Belmont, so. 
<clears throat> Moving on to uh, yep. my yep. feel-good always, Gonzaga, who I will always root for. Um, minus 14 and a half now. It's moved from 14. Uh, 148 and a half over under versus Baylor. Uh, I like that. I think you I think, uh, take that. I think the Zags are, you know, I feel like they're underrated, but being a one seed, I think they're underrated just because they lost in their conference tournament. Yeah. And people, people forget these guys, you know, they played the, you know, they played Carolina, they played Duke, they played Tennessee, they played, you know, so they're, you know, they're a good ball club. So I think they will, uh, I think they'll cover 14 and a half. Yeah. And I mean, I really do. Baylor just came off against Cuse. That 2-3 zone, Baylor's shooting threes. They shot an insane uh, percentage. Just, I don't think they'd replicate that going into Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga comes out, keeps that foot right down on the gas, and just murks them. So, you know, and Gonzaga's got very good front court players, which Syracuse does not. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. So, you know, Gonzaga, you're going to, you're getting. You know, that one guy who's going to be a top 10 pick there probably from Gonzaga. I don't want to butcher his name on this podcast, but I think <laughs> everyone knows who I'm talking about. And um, I think, you know, he's going to just terrorize that zone, you know, sit in that middle of the paint area, hit that mid-range J, you know, go in, dish off. So, like you said, I think they got it pretty sealed up. I think that the only way you'd go Baylor is if the line gets to, like, minus 17 and a half or something yeah, like 17. that. Yeah, 17. Something high like that, but I think 15 points should be good for Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, Michigan State, Minnesota. I mean, Michigan State minus 10, over under 142. Uh, I think Michigan State comes out and just gives it to them. Big 10 matchup again. Um, I mean, it's actually now. Was, um, it's 10 know and a half how now. Their matchups do, did in the. Uh... How are their matchups in the season? In the regular season? Yeah, I'm trying to look here. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota lost 79-55 in the first meeting. And they only played each other once. Okay. So, yeah. I, and that was, that was early on Big Ten play, right? Yeah, that was in February. Early February. So... Lots changed. I think Michigan State's gotten a lot better in the last month. If that's something, I don't know if you could agree on. I just feel like, you know, early on big time they're kind of shaky. You know, weren't putting as many good performances in. Just from an outsider, I really don't follow the Big Ten as much. But I just think over the last month you started hearing their name a lot more. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's last five games they lost to Maryland. Uh, they were pushed to overtime against Penn State who's not very good. Uh, they did beat Purdue, but they lost by 17 to Michigan, and they beat a Louisville team that just all season has been basically in turbulence, up, down, up, down. So yeah. I think uh, I like Michigan State minus 10.5 this game. Yeah, that's, you know, looking here, that's what a lot of people, you know, I got 58%. That's where 58% of the bets are going. You know, a lot of the big money, 68%, is staying on Michigan State. So. You know, like you said, um, and the, the spread stayed. It hasn't moved at all, even with that many percentage of bets hit in Michigan State. So, yeah, I would consider it might move before tip, you know, 
but because we got till 7:45 tonight, so if you okay. want to get that early one in, I'd lock it in as soon as you could. And another Big Ten, uh, Big East game: Purdue Villanova. Purdue minus three and a half, over under 137. Uh, this one is tough because very tough. I think a lot of people think you hear Villanova like, oh, okay, got to think about those teams, you know. Yep, two out of three years. Two, two out of three years, set my Tar Heels home, rough rough night for me, yada, yada. But this isn't the same Villanova team. No. They're not the same. They don't got to be Chenzos and, you know, all those guys that they had before. So, I don't, I, I try, I'm, me, my opinion, I would stay away from this game. Just because I don't feel like I know them enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Villanova or Purdue? Like I said, Purdue's minus three and a half. I think Purdue wins this game. Um, I don't know. I think this is going to be a down-to-the-wire game. I think this is going to be a game that uh, Carson Edwards actually, this is his time to shine. I think this is going to be his... You know, he, he's averaging 23 points a game, NBA prospect. Uh, I think I think this is where he comes out, he balls out, and I think Purdue gets the dub, uh, and I bet they win. Are both. you talking Are you talking about that point guard they have? Yeah. Purdue, Purdue I completely forgot they, that's who they had at point guard. Yeah. Um, Purdue's been here. That- I, I think I, I like Purdue this game, if you're going to bet it. I, I think that three and a half. Uh, is I think you like Purdue at four and a half still, but if it hits five, you go to Villanova. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I completely forgot he played point guard at uh, Purdue. He's still there. Um, yeah. Oh man, I wish I would have remembered that when I was filling out my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, point guard—that's my thing. I don't know if I'm biased from being a point guard, but when it comes to tournament time, it's. You know, if you have the guard play, you'll probably be in Minneapolis, you know, with other three teams. Right. Because, you don't. I mean, Zion, he's the, you know, he's the big effect for Duke. But still, I think a lot of, a lot of teams, if you got that good guard, they're going to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. Um, And then this next game for me, I just think is completely one you stay away from. Auburn, Kansas. Uh I think it's just a coin flip. I think you got to flip a coin thirty times to figure out who you, who you want to want to pick. It's gonna it's gonna end up being a pick 'em. Yeah, because you know the spread's minus one, right? Uh, yeah, I think, no, it's a minus two and a half. Opened at one, so never mind. Yeah, but I mean, it's just yeah. you know who's betting on these this game is can't you know the people the SEC fans and the Big Twelve fans, you know? Yeah, you know. Your common, just regular sports fan who really isn't supporting anyone, I don't think would touch this game. Kansas is they. I mean, they won by twenty four over no, Northeastern their first game. So obviously they 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 have something to prove after basically diddling around the whole season. They didn't win their uh, what was it fifteenth or something ridiculous straight. Uh, yeah, Big Twelve regular season title. They didn't win the Big Twelve championship. Uh, they obviously have a chip on their shoulder, but I mean, Auburn did win the SEC. They beat Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know though. They, they, they struggled against New Mexico State. 
I just think this is a complete pick'em game. Yeah, tread lightly. You know me. I don't. You know I don't want the Tar Heels to see Kansas one bit. You know because old Roy's old uh, coaching grounds and can never seem to beat them. So kryptonite. I prefer to Auburn to win. I mean, either team I think is going to be a pretty tough matchup on UNC, anyways. But like you said, this is a pick 'em. I stay right away from this game. And uh, see the best. Do you one. have? Uh, do you have? Um, you have like you, you know, like I would say, like a lock, a pick for Saturday's games. One pick. Yeah, this is it right here. You Michigan, want... Florida. Okay, I think. Um... This is our get out of the hole pick right here. Michigan versus Florida. This is my lock. Uh, That's a good one. I like it. Michigan's minus six and a half. Over under is one twenty three. Um, Florida averages sixty eight points per game. Michigan gives up fifty eight points per game. Like I said, Matthews is back. Um, they're averaging seventy points per game. I think you like this game if the spread gets up to eight and a half. I think uh, Michigan just comes out. They lost the national championship last year. They lost the Big Ten championship. 0-3 against Michigan State. They have way too much to prove. Everyone's healthy. I I just don't think this is going to be a close game. Yeah, I agree with you. Michigan, that's a good good lock for Saturday's games. Because, I don't know, Florida, I didn't think they'd get past Nevada. But they've kind of woken up in the last month. So, yeah. Michigan, Florida's a young team. You know, they might not know what the bright lights are. You know, that might not bother them as much. So, they, they don't know any better. So, we'll see how that turns out. But I hope for your sake, Michigan pulls through. Me too. <laughs> um, so, going into Sunday, we've got the first game is Tennessee versus Iowa. Tennessee opens up minus eight, over under 156. Like it? Don't like it? What do you think? I think you, you know... I think sometimes you got to really, you know, do your research and sometimes look at, you know, what possible, um, you know, first half bets and stuff like that for, I think for a Tennessee team, um, plus eight, you know, I think if the first half probably would be, you know, minus four, minus five, I would take that rather than, you know, the full game eight, because we obviously saw what Tennessee did yesterday. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you look at this game on paper, they're you know, points per game, seventy-eight for Iowa, eighty-two Tennessee. Points against seventy-two Iowa, seventy for Tennessee. This game just you look at all their stats, you go right down the list, neck and neck. Um Tennessee minus eight. Uh I think Iowa. I think you go Iowa. Unless this goes yeah, you know, and uh yeah, I got the um the first half right here pulled up on my phone. It's minus four and a half. And right now that's what sixty percent of the public is betting on. There you is go. That they will cover four and a half, but and then Iowa, they got those streaky those streaky shooters, man, who hit game winners all the time. They feel like they've been there forever, so I would take Tennessee first half and if it was me, um but I think Iowa might keep it close. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, a close game throughout. Like I said, I I think Iowa keeps it within eight, but 
Uh, I don't know about that four and a half first half spread. Um, so I I would go Iowa, but proceed with caution. Yes. And now we have um, your boys, UNC versus Washington. Break it down. Gonna, I think that it's just going to be just like watching UNC play Syracuse. Same result. We're going to come in and pretty much tear up their zone and just send them back home packing because, as you can see, UNC, they do very well. They haven't, they've they lost one game against Syracuse since Syracuse has joined the ACC, and that was their first game they ever played in the ACC. So, you know, and then you're bringing Mike Hopkins, Syracuse team, but for Washington now, you know, running right. the same type of stuff they were. So this game, I was more happy seeing Washington than Utah State just because, I don't know, we're, our transition game is just so, you know, even off a made bucket, we're getting layups on teams like nothing with Kobe White at the helm. So, you know, I would, I would take UNC at even, you know, they're minus eleven and a half right now. So, I mean, whatever you're comfortable with, I, you know, I never look to do anything on UNC or anything like that. But I definitely, I think that's comfortable. I think they can beat Washington by at least twelve points. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, I think this game could get to 13 and you could still comfortably pick UNC. Uh, I yeah. think anything over that, I mean, it's going for, this is, these are the types of games where you start getting into like those 18 point spreads and, you know, 15 points. You're playing for the Sweet 16. You're playing for, you know, li- look at Liberty, for example. You know, they may not make yeah. it again here for, 20 years. So years. this is like their time to shine. They're going to seize their moment. So I, I yeah, think UNC, some, you pick. Here's some stats for you too, Nate. So UNC scores 80 point, 86.1 points a game, which is number one in NCAA. Washington only scores 70, but they give up only 61. UNC gives up 73. UNC gets 44 rebounds a game, and Washington gets 32. And UNC gets 19 assists a game, and Washington gets 11. So I think we can kind of put those stat lines together and see where this game's probably going to end up being. Yeah. You got a team that, you know, rebound, rebound margin is, you know, almost 14 rebounds. That's ridiculous. And then seven more assists a game. So that's just me probably being biased, but I think UNC will take care of business. Yeah. I, Especially I after losing in the second round last year. I think that that still sits with Cameron Johnson, Kenny Williams, Luke May. You know, those guys who've been there, especially Luke May and Kenny Williams, you know, cutting nets down, winning national title. They know what it takes to get to where they need to be. So I, I have confidence in them. Uh, yep, I agree. UNC. Um, lock it in. That's your lock. UNC versus Washington. Lock it in. 11 and a half. Yep. Uh, moving on though, Duke minus thirteen and a half versus UCF. This is intriguing, Nate. Very for one reason and one reason only. Taco Fall. Taco Fall. <laughs> Seven foot six. He already said post game Zion will not dunk on me. No, well, so. he said he will not posterize me. <laughs> Either way, I, I'm ready to see that that meet at the. The 10. 
I think that UCF is going to come out and play a 2-3 zone because I think they're going to just plant Taco right down under the hoop and they're going to say, shoot it on us. Beat us by shooting threes. Um, the only thing with that, they're going to obviously put Zion at the high post. He's going to have that turnaround jumper all day. But I think Duke wins this game, but I think you go Central Florida based on that 13-and-a-half spread. I'll be honest. I think I like Duke in this. Really? I think I think uh, as much as I would like them to lose, but I just think 13 is an okay number. You know what I mean? Just like the UNC game. Like, I still – yeah, they have Taco Fall, but he's not going to play 40 minutes. Oh, no You know doubt. what I mean? Yeah. So I think Duke is just going to kind of – you know, it might be, you know, six-point game, halftime or something, but I could see it getting, you know, 15 or something. Just if it moves to, you know, 14, then I'd probably stay away. So basically, 14-and-a-half, you're a no-go? Yeah, I think. If it stays at 13, I think you're all right. Like you said, but if, like, the UNC one jumps up to, you know, 12-and-a-half, 13, then I'd probably hold caution to that as well. Right. Um, and we got Texas Tech Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo! Hey, yeah, hey, he's got it. You know, I think I would almost see. That's the thing, Texas Tech. They're you know not a lot of people think about the Big Twelve, but Texas Tech gotta, is legit. They are the real deal. Uh, I think I think this is a close game all throughout. Um. Obviously, I'm I'm gonna pull for Buffalo, basically a hometown team, but I uh, I don't that's know. The, that's the thing. Texas Tech's got that Culver kid. They're saying he's gonna be like a top six pick in the league next year. You know, he's like that Kawhi Leonard type player. But I'm yeah. pulling for UB. I think UB. I think the spread's all right. I mean, was it three and a half? Yeah, three and a half Texas Tech. Well, Texas Tech minus three and a half. So, um, I mean, that's not a bad spread, right? My only thing though, Texas Tech is averaging seventy three points and giving up fifty seven a game. Where yeah, I want to see where that goes this game. UB scoring eighty five but giving up seventy four. So, um, Buffalo's been there all season. They have a lot of high quality wins. They have three losses. I mean, yeah. repping the SUNY school. Let's go Buffalo. And look at the, uh, I mean, I would hit the, I would look at the under of this game as well. Uh, 146? Yeah. You know, that's, that's like 73 points each, you know. I don't know if I, like you said, Texas Tech, good defensive team. Right. Um, but have you seen, did you see the, that guy they have off the bench, that Perkins kid for Buffalo, sixth man of the year in their league? Yeah. He's the real deal, that guy. Nick Perkins. So, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how he does. Uh, and moving on. But you're taking tech in that? Um, see, I don't like or are you, to. Or are you rocking with plus three and a half with Buffalo? I'm rocking plus three and a half with Buffalo. I, I I like that too. I think that's almost 
I want to say a lock, but we'll go through the other games for we divulge that that answer. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Liberty. Virginia Tech minus eight and a half. Battle, uh, battle of the Commonwealth State, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> this one is uh, an interesting game. I think. I think this is on paper. Virginia Tech should win this game by about ten points. But this is that Cinderella story. This is a team in Liberty who's just feeling it. They're here to have a good time. They're chucking shots. They're going in. Um, I think that you go Liberty this game. I think Liberty is going to cover. Yeah, that's where um, a lot of the bets are coming in right now, Nate. It's, uh, you know, 62% on Liberty, you know, to make that plus nine. Like I said, Virginia Tech. Justin Robinson coming back, you know, probably knocking the rust off last game. Maybe be a better showing out of him. Um, but I think you're right on the plus nine, though. And then we get into Virginia, Oklahoma. I. Uh. <laughs> exactly. I, um, I like Oklahoma. I don't mind Virginia. My only thing is they just they worry me too much. An 11 and a half point spread. I mean, you look at the last 2 years, they have struggled against a 16 seed. Lost to them one time. Oklahoma just put up a 90 spot. Um I I think I like Oklahoma in this game. I think I like them a lot. If you like if I was someone who was looking, you know, maybe to put two bets on this game, I would definitely, if you like Oklahoma, you know, take their points. But the money line's at plus 600 right now. So if you're real confident in Oklahoma, think they can get this done, then you know, got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? Virginia is a very good defensive team, and that over-under is 127.5. That's pretty good. Oklahoma just put up 30 points less than that, though. I think I I go, I think I like the over and Oklahoma this game. Yep. And then we go Houston, Ohio State. Houston minus this six. Is, I, think this is, I think this is the one, Nate. This is the lock? I think it is. I agree minus five completely. and a half. Ohio State is, I don't know. I don't, they're, I just don't think they're a good basketball team. Um, I agree. I think this is a lock. I think this is another, I think this is a huge lock for Sunday's games. Houston minus six. Um, Caleb Wesson is basically Ohio State. You take him off the court, Ohio State is frantic. They just chuck up shots. They don't have that post game. Houston, uh, my Wolverines beat him last year on a buzzer beater. Houston is legit. I think they are a serious There's a reason contender. They won thirty-one games, right? They are a legitimate contender. Um, I I love Houston this game. I think they win by eight at least. Actually, I I I misspoke. I think they win by thirteen. Like this will be the game if you're sitting Sunday night and you're in the hole. This is the one that will get that we can help you bring you out of the hole. This yeah. will be the one to put to put the mortgage on. 
Yep. Agreed. And then uh, the final game of the weekend, Oregon versus UC Irvine. Oregon opens at minus five. This is the 12 and 13 game. I think that you don't care about this game. I think you sit and watch the entire Houston-Ohio State game. I don't even care about Oregon, UC Irvine. I think that is just a complete coin flip. Now to the user, now to the viewers, I think we need to be watching Oregon closely here. The last month of the season, they have rallied off some real big wins and wins to, you know, come back and win the Pac-12 tournament because, you know, they were on the outside looking in before Pac-12 tournament. For sure. Now they were talking Washington was going to be the only Pac-12 team in, and they went through, beat Washington. They beat Washington by 20 in the Pac-12 championship game. You know, their defense comes to play every single time. Um, they're proven. They've been to Final Fours. Um, so that's why, like, you got to just, you know, look, you know, kind of keep them in mind because, you know, next thing you know, they'll be in the lead eight. Oh, I and I kind of I like the over-under in this game as well, 123. Agreed. I, I think that you could go over. Um, my only thing is, it's that it's that turn, tournament time magic where you get that Cinderella team that's a 13 seed playing a 12. I think yeah. Oregon should win this game, yes. Um, but I think that it, it might be one of those games where it just UC Irvine is there. The whole game, it's going to be close, and it gets to that. Is Oregon that good enough team that can close the door in, in advance. So I think if you're going this, you go over. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see if um, Oregon can uh, keep up rebound-wise because on the season, UC Irvine's got about seven rebounds a game on them. So consider that moving forward. Definitely. So now, It would be a different situation if Bull Bull was playing. but <laughs> But he's not. I think Oregon would not be a 12 seed if he was, you know, didn't get hurt this year. Right. They'd be in a different boat. Yep. But like you said, I think Nate, I think Houston, I think Houston is the the lock on Sunday at minus five. I'd get it as quick as you can because I think it's going to change and get higher. Yep. By tomorrow. So I think it could reach probably almost eight points by 8.40 tomorrow, if people really are diving. Yep. They say 78% of the money is coming in. Our betting is on Houston. Yeah, I, I still like that game even at minus 8. I think you take that jump on it now while it's still low. Uh, Houston <laughs> versus Ohio State, lock. Michigan versus Florida, lock. Um, any other games that you think that um, – might be close to that that lock to get out of the hole. I think I think if I really think Buffalo is going to win, I think that's that's one you could take as well. I like it. Um, anything else that you want to add before we wrap this up? No, my friend. This has been a great time being able to do this with you. Yes, we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, hopefully the other two can join us next time. Yes. Um, yeah, follow us on In the Hole ITH Sport Podcast on Twitter. 
uh, share this out. I know that we'll obviously be tweeting out picks come tomorrow to let everyone know lines that are changing, kind of what's going on. Um, but lock it in. Our in the hole locks are Michigan versus Florida, Houston versus Ohio State, and uh, Buffalo versus Texas Tech. So, Evan, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Um, Thank you, sir. We'll do it again soon, and uh, stay tuned coming up next week for uh, episode four.